Welcome to NTD News Today. I'm Kevin Hogan. Let's take a look at our top stories. Peace talks resuming this week between Russia and Ukraine. The United States' top diplomat clarifies that the U.S. is not trying to topple Russian leader Vladimir Putin. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is visiting Israel. He hopes to reassure allies of his commitment to keeping Iran from developing nuclear weapons. Search teams have located the second black box of the crashed China Eastern Airlines flight, and officials have confirmed that none of the 132 people on board survived. Ukraine and Russia are preparing for their first face-to-face peace talks in more than two weeks, this time in Istanbul, Turkey. NTD's Jessica Beatty has the details. Turkey says it's hosting talks between Ukraine and Russia this week. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said Sunday Ukraine's ready to discuss adopting a neutral status. Security guarantees and neutrality on nuclear status of our state. We are ready to go for it. This is the most important point. Zelensky was speaking to Russian journalists in a 90-minute video call. Although Zelensky said Ukraine's ready to talk about neutrality, He said there are other topics Ukraine refuses to discuss. We will not sit down behind the table if we talk about some kind of demilitarization, some kind of denazification. I simply do not get these things. Moscow calls its actions in Ukraine a special operation to disarm Ukraine's military and oust people it regards as dangerous nationalists. But Ukraine and Western allies call it a pretext to invade. Russia's foreign minister said Monday that Russian leader Vladimir Putin and Zelensky should meet once the sides are closer to an agreement. Our meeting is needed and should happen as soon as we have clarity on agreeing on key issues. Meanwhile, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said Sunday that the United States doesn't have any plans for a regime change in Russia. I think uh, the president, the White House, uh, made the point last night that Quite simply, uh, President Putin cannot be empowered to wage war uh, or engage in aggression uh, against Ukraine uh, or anyone else. Blinken's comment comes after President Biden said this Saturday. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. Biden later said he wasn't calling for a regime change. The Kremlin dismissed Biden's remarks, saying Russians elect their president and it's not for Biden to decide. The United Nations said Sunday that over a thousand civilians have been killed so far. But because of delayed reports in some regions, the true casualty figures are expected to be much higher. Jessica Beatty, NTD News. The Ukrainian Air Force is seeking more advanced weapons. The country is currently fighting Russia with equipment that is decades old. A Ukrainian Air Force spokesman said the country's pilots have been training for years to cope with the scenario they are now faced with, but they need an equipment upgrade. We would be grateful for the Soviet-made equipment offered to us by the countries of Central Europe who still have it, but it will not be enough. He says the country has to replace its aging Soviet-era warplanes, and they need more advanced fighters like the U.S. F-15 and F-16. Right now, Russia has the numerical and technological advantage in the air. We are fighting with the equipment from the 70s and 80s. They are fighting with the equipment of the 2010s and above. A Ukrainian fighter pilot known by the Air Force call sign JUICE says the problem is not tactics but equipment. This jet 
it's very capable it's it's very maneuverable uh, and uh, everyone just love uh, loves it but unfortunately uh, now it's not it's absolutely not effective against uh, Russian jets Russian fighter jets Neighboring Poland this month offered to transfer its Russian-made MiG-29 fighter to a U.S. base in Germany as an effort to supplement Ukraine's air force. But Washington declined the offer. The situation will worsen if we do not receive in the near future the help that the whole world is talking about. Give Ukraine weapons. You don't have to fight for us. We aren't asking you to close the sky anymore. Give us weapons. We will defend ourselves. More than one month into the war, Russia has failed to seize any major Ukrainian cities. But the conflict is deadly and has claimed thousands of lives. Ukrainian Master Chef winner Olga Martinovska fled to Prague with her six-year-old daughter to escape Russia's invasion. She's now cooking up borscht and other traditional dishes to raise funds for those trapped back home. The Master Chef winner and now judge serves up a message along with her cuisine, eat borscht, save Ukraine. She and fellow refugees have a stand at a popular farmer's market along the city's Voltava River. Under the Ukrainian flag, they prepare delicacies including poppy seed cakes and homemade sweets. She said that she was fortunate to find safety with friends in the city. Since Russia invaded Ukraine on February 24th, around 300,000 refugees have found refuge in the Czech Republic. Nearly 3.8 million people have fled Ukraine since the outbreak of the war. The United Nations Refugee Agency says most of them went to Poland. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is reassuring Israeli and Arab partners that Washington will continue to counter any Iranian threat. This as he promotes nuclear diplomacy with Tehran. We are both committed both determined that Iran will never acquire a nuclear weapon. On a visit to Israel ahead of a major Mideast summit, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken sought to reassure Israeli and Arab partners that Washington would continue to oppose Iranian efforts to obtain atomic weapons. We also share and we are united in addressing the challenges posed by Iran. Israel is hosting the two-day summit, which will include foreign ministers from the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain and Morocco. All three nations recently normalized ties with Israel as part of the Abraham Accords launched by the Trump administration. But President Joe Biden and Blinken are now negotiating with Iran and other world powers to reactivate the 2015 Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, or JCPOA, a deal that lifted sanctions on Tehran in exchange for limits on Iran's nuclear program. Negotiators in Vienna have said for weeks they are close to a deal, but it remains elusive. At the public Doha Forum in Qatar, Iranian diplomat Kamal Harazi blamed Washington for the delay, but U.S. envoy Robert Malley suggested significant hurdles remain. Chinese officials say the second black box from the China Eastern Airlines flight that crashed has been located, and all 132 people on board have been confirmed dead. A Chinese official has confirmed that all passengers and crew members of the crashed China Eastern Airlines flight are dead. We here announced that the 123 passengers and nine crew members on board China Eastern Airlines flight MU5735 on March 21st have all died. He added that authorities have identified 120 of the victims through DNA analysis, and Chinese state media reported Sunday that search crews found the plane's second black box, the flight data recorder. The device was about five feet deep beneath the ground, some 130 feet away from the crash site. 
Although partially damaged, its data storage unit appears to be in good condition and has been sent to Beijing for analysis. Investigators are now decoding another black box, the cockpit voice recorder found earlier last week. Flight MU5735 suddenly went into a near-vertical dive mid-flight and crashed in Guangxi province in southern China. Obtaining data from its two recorders is considered key to understanding the cause of the accident. Flight data recorders store crucial details, including airspeed, altitude, direction, and engine power. They can also record the position of wing flaps and whether the plane was flying on autopilot. Coming up, a new study shows heart issues are being detected months after receiving a COVID-19 vaccine. And the FDA tells some doctors to stop using a certain treatment on virus patients. We'll tell you why after the short break. A new study shows some children were found to have indications of heart inflammation after getting the COVID-19 vaccine. Researchers in Seattle noticed certain patients under 18 developed the problem within a week of getting the second dose of the Pfizer vaccine. These kids were studied months after receiving the vaccine. Heart scans three to eight months later showed a heart abnormality in about two-thirds of the patients. But the problem wasn't as bad as it was months earlier. Researchers scanned 16 patients in total. Later scans showed that three-quarters of those patients developed a type of abnormal heart function. Though the later exams did show the patient's blood pumping had significantly improved. The researchers noted that the symptoms passed rather quickly and that most patients appeared to respond well to treatment. That said, the study showed persistent abnormal findings which indicated heart injury and that those injuries are worse in people with a type of heart inflammation called myocarditis. The researchers said the findings raise concerns over potential longer-term effects. They plan to scan the patients once again one year after the vaccine to see if the problems are still there. The findings were published after peer review in the Journal of Pediatrics. The investigators said they were not given any funding for the paper. Pfizer and the CDC couldn't be reached for comment by airtime. All this while the FDA tells doctors in eight states to stop using a COVID-19 treatment. That treatment is a monoclonal antibody. It's called strovimab. The BAM comes as the treatment may not be effective against an Omicron subvariant, one that's becoming more prevalent. The eight states where it's banned are Connecticut, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Rhode Island, and Vermont. This treatment was given emergency use authorization last May, but regulators say it may not be effective against the BA2 subvariant. That strain was responsible for about 12% of all virus cases in the U.S. in the week ending March 5th. That's according to the CDC, but the agency predicts that it could be the cause of up to 35% of the cases in the week ending March 19th. Right now, it's already spreading widely in the Northeast. Estimates show that the subvariant is causing most of the cases in those eight states. Back in February, the FDA said it would limit the treatment, and several studies, including one published in the journal Nature Medicine, show that this treatment doesn't perform well against the subvariant. Census data shows California and New York saw the biggest resident losses in the span of a year during the pandemic. 
Illinois also saw major outflows. The loss of residents was due to a combination of deaths outweighing births, an aging population, and an uptick in people moving out amid a surge in remote working. Los Angeles County, California, has the highest number of deaths from COVID-19 in the country and also experienced the largest population loss of any county. It lost over 180,000 residents in the first year of the COVID-19 pandemic. Three other California counties also saw sizable resident losses. California's losses were followed closely by those of New York. Manhattan lost over 117,000 residents, Brooklyn 95,000, and Queens saw a loss of over 74,000 residents. Cook County in Illinois covers the Chicago area. It declined by over 100,000 residents. Nearly all of the state's population losses were driven by domestic migration. That's when people move from one area of the United States to another. A 52-year-old doctor from Houston was convicted for illegally prescribing over one million pills of an opioid pain medication. The U.S. Department of Justice says he faces up to 20 years in prison. According to evidence and court documents, James Pierre made unlawful prescriptions between June 2015 and July 2016 to hundreds of individuals posing as patients at a medical clinic. The physician and his assistant issued prescriptions for hydrocodone and one other, a combination of controlled substances dubbed the Las Vegas Cocktail. West Parker Clinic made around $1.75 million through the scheme. $300,000 of that went to Pierre. One co-conspirator has already pleaded guilty. Some regions in Texas are seeing a big increase in opioid use and deaths. In places like Harris County, fentanyl kills someone every day. Governor Greg Abbott recently proposed harsher prosecution for people who hand out non-prescription fentanyl. President Biden will announce a new minimum tax targeting billionaires as part of his 2023 fiscal year budget. The administration says the president's plan rewards work, not wealth. A White House fact sheet states the president's billionaire minimum income tax will make America's tax code fairer and reduce the deficit by around $360 billion over the next decade. As part of his 2023 budget, Biden is asking Congress to pass legislation mandating the richest American families pay a minimum of 20% on all of their income, including unrealized investment income. Biden has long advocated for higher taxes for billionaires, but this is the first time the White House is proposing a plan that directly targets billionaires. So far, Biden's attempts to tax billionaires have failed due to opposition from moderate Democrat Senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. The White House document says many millionaires and billionaires pay lower tax rates than middle-class workers because of an imbalanced tax code. Republican Congressman Darrell Issa says he will lead an investigation into suppression of news coverage about Hunter Biden's laptop. That's if Republicans win back the House later this year. The lawmaker told The Hill he's already sent record and document preservation requests to several tech company executives, White House aides, and former intelligence officials. With just days to go before the 2020 election, Facebook and Twitter both moved to block the spread of a New York Post story regarding Hunter Biden's laptop. The report said emails obtained from the laptop show there was a meeting between Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and Ukrainian business leaders. Then-Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey later conceded 
that Twitter's suppression of the report was a total mistake. More than a year later, the New York Times and other legacy outlets said the contents of the laptop were authentic, despite earlier claiming it was disinformation designed to sway the election. Hunter Biden and President Biden have both said that the younger Biden didn't do anything wrong. Drone footage of an avalanche in Alaska shows the size and scope of the event as authorities were making risk assessments amid evacuation orders. Residents of an Anchorage suburb were ordered on Sunday to evacuate a mountainous area days after the avalanche buried a mountain road. However, authorities issued an update later in the day. They reported that mitigation efforts were successful and that risk assessment teams allowed the evacuated residents to return home. The avalanche roared down a mountainside shortly before midnight local time on Thursday. It covered the main road with a snow layer up to 80 feet deep. However, officials said only about half the snow in the unstable slide zone was released, and a secondary avalanche is considered certain. There have been no injuries reported, and authorities are assessing the extent of the damage to houses. Tokyo's cherry blossoms reached full bloom four days early this year. With COVID restrictions recently lifted, find out how locals celebrated the occasion coming up on NTD News. Plans for the 2022 World Cup will take shape this week, with the draw for the tournament taking place in Qatar on Friday. Teams will learn their fate, although the complicated qualification process and the conflict between Russia and Ukraine means all 32 participants have not yet been decided. The likes of defending champions France, as well as Brazil, Argentina, England, Belgium, Germany, and Spain will be there, although European champion Italy misses out. Qatar spent billions of dollars so it can host the tournament, building state-of-the-art stadiums and training facilities as well as upgrading and installing infrastructure projects. The World Cup will take place in November and December to avoid the heat of June and July in the Gulf. This will cause some disruption, especially to European leagues. The free ride world tour season ended in Verbier with the crowning of four new champions. Australia's Manuela Mandel won the women's snowboard event with a dominant run, although she was out of confrontation out of contention for the world title, which was taken by Tiffany Perrotin of France, narrowly beating an American who had led the championship all season. In the men's snowboard category, Victor de la Rue of France was a wildcard entry, but took the honors with a high-speed effort down the steepest section of the mountain run. The world title went to Blake Mahler of the U.S., who finished second behind de la Rue. Local competitors won both categories in the skiing. A 22-year-old rookie from Verbier won the women's prize in her first attempt as New Zealand's Jessica Hodder won the world title with her sixth-place finish. Thousands of Japanese gathered in central Tokyo today to enjoy the view of cherry blossoms. This, as COVID-19 restrictions imposed on the city and 17 other prefectures were lifted last week, People wearing masks were seen strolling around the perimeter of the Imperial Palace in central Tokyo, taking pictures and posing for selfies among the trees. The flowers, known locally as Sakura, reached full bloom in Tokyo on Sunday. This is four days earlier than usual, according to the Japanese Meteorological Agency. The age-old tradition of viewing cherry blossoms 
typically attracts throngs of people to parks to sit under cherry trees for picnics, singing, and drinking. Breaking bad morning habits <clears throat> that derail your day can get you out the door on a better track. Let's hear some tips from Gina Marie, who brings us Strong Mind and Body. Getting into good morning habits will set you on the course for a productive and rewarding day. Here are some things you can stop doing to help you start doing mornings right. Don't hit the snooze button. If you are someone who thinks the extra 15 minutes will buy you extra energy, recovery and brain power, think again. Research shows that waking up and getting to sleep at the same time each day will improve sleep patterns and energy. In addition, when you wake up after that snooze, you will likely be groggier and more disoriented. Move your body, not your thumbs. Don't exchange actual morning movement for social media surfing. The daily excuse that you don't have time to exercise needs to end. Studies show that people who exercise in the morning are more likely to stick with their program. Working out in the morning also fuels you up for better moods, fewer cravings and less consumption of calories. Hold off on the morning emails. If you are answering emails first thing in the morning, you're starting your day with extra pressure. That pressure can compel you to get to work earlier and sacrifice crucial morning time for meditation, exercise or family. Taking time in the morning and evening to disconnect from your devices will go a long way toward making you happier and healthier. Pump the brakes on the negative mindset. If you begin your day thinking about your problems and unpleasant tasks, you create a feeling of internal negativity. It triggers a stress response that exhausts the nervous system and puts you in a poor emotional state. There's simply no benefit in looking at things in the most negative fashion. Halt the sugar hijack. Don't fool yourself that the delicious donut, bagel or mocha in the morning will give you some sort of energy kick. That short-lived energy will be followed by an abrupt crash and cravings that hijack your diet, mental performance, mood and waistline. Consider instead a high-protein, high-fiber breakfast that will carry you for hours. Counter the monkey mind with a quick meditation. Meditation boosts serotonin and dopamine, which will boost your overall sense of happiness, well-being and focus. That will help you stay clear and productive on what matters. It's imperative to a long and meaningful life. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, Kevin Hogan, NTD News, New York City.